All right, all right. That's my wrangling in, saying all right. Wrap it up, wrap it up. We'll see him after church. You can talk to him then. That's all good. There we go. There we go. Hey, y'all, my name is Andrew. Andrew Pika, if you don't know me, would love to meet you. You might be wondering why I'm wearing this fancy headset, which Matt usually wears. We'll get to that in a second. But first, important things are announcements. Uh, first thing is a worship night, which I'm super pumped about. Uh, July 27th, right here, um, that Wednesday, I believe uh, there was, if you're not on our email list, it's in there uh, on our weekly email update, and more details will be coming, right? And just in terms of exact time, or is it already in there? Seven, there we go. So mark that, be there. It's going to be an awesome time. Um, weekly prayer gatherings. These are one of my favorite things uh, in the week. Thursdays, it's early. We all know that, 6 a.m. It is, never gets any easier, at least for me. But um, it is an incredibly sweet time, and it's one of these, uh, what we call like exercising a spiritual discipline of ours. Um, not just prayer, but also this exercise of doing something that's hard <laughs> that early in the morning. And I think we're experiencing the fruits of that together. So we try to make it a little easier by being on Zoom. So you can literally, you don't have to turn on your camera or anything. You can just like turn it on and lay there. Uh, Quinn once said, <laughs> Quinn is not afraid to just say, I am completely horizontal right now on these prayers. <laughs> See, low barrier to entry there. Um, so please join us for those. Uh, giving, Matt talked about this a little last week, um, just how giving is not a, um, a have to here coming to church. I know there's a lot of like taboos around money and all that. Maybe you grew up with that. But um, it truly is another spiritual discipline, which is letting go of the things that God has given us to give to others. And finances are a big part of that or else they start to root and hold on to our hearts. So please consider giving. I don't know what these numbers are. I don't, uh, but it looks like we're doing all right, which is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as, as Matt was saying, uh, it's not just Midtown West that when you give, it's for the Midtown movement. So although like Midtown West's numbers look quote unquote good, um, our money is, is actually for the movement wide. So you're pouring into the other congregations, Napier, um, hopefully launching a church there. So please consider giving if you're not. And then I had a couple other announcements that weren't up there. Uh, Explore Midtown. So if you've been coming here for a minute, um, you might know about this. Explore Midtown is like our membership class. So if Midtown, you're starting to feel at home here, this is where you call your, your home, but you haven't signed up for membership or like explored what that looks like, this is the next step. Please do it. It's August 10th. There's information out on that little welcome table out when you first walk in. There's like a little flyer with more information. You can sign up. It's awesome. Even if you're not even sure if you want to become a member completely, uh, you'll learn a lot just about who we are at Midtown, like how we got started, what we believe, if you don't know that already, and a lot of the nuts and bolts, kind of the stuff that we don't talk about every Sunday. Um, so August 10th, and then lastly, um, is we're talking about volunteers. So um, you may or may not know this, we kind of try to say it as often as possible, but uh, the church gathering here is not me, the band, 
It's not the Matt Avery show. It's, it's literally everyone in this room. And we're trying to really put, every week we got to try to hammer this down of like put rubber on the road that if you're sitting in this room and you call Midtown your home church, or maybe not, maybe you just are a Christian, uh, the Lord has given you gifts and he's calling you to use those gifts. And if you don't, the church suffers, that we are actually missing out when people aren't using their gifts. And so we're trying to usher people into that. And yeah, there's really tangible ones that are um, very clear. We need, um, we're kind of in a rebuilding phase a little bit. We're trying to get some more uh, worship musicians, all that. So if you have a gifting with that, please talk to Jess or me. With any of this stuff, you can talk to me, Jess. Anyone who calls Midtown their home, they'll get you connected with the right person. Um, musicians, we need, what we need, oh, sound is a big one right now. Um, remind me your name again, man. Royce. Royce is stepping in for us from Granny White uh, this morning. So um, we need, yeah, Royce. Um, but you don't get that at Granny White. You should come over here, man. <laughs> Nolan's been crushing it too. I see you, man. Um, but yeah, we need, we need more help there. Uh, people stepping in. And so if you feel like you have um, some knowledge there, we would love to talk about that. Anything. Uh, Kid Town, serving our kids. A bunch of people just left with them. Um, that's a gift right there to, to teach them. Set up teardowns if you want to just come a little early or stay a little late, help us. We're in a special season in the summer where we don't have to tear down all this because the kids are on summer break. But during the year, we have to take all that down. And uh, greeters, that's no offense to greeters, but it's a pretty easy job. You smile and you get to talk to people. <laughs> and it's, if you feel like you can do that, please step in. But this will extend way farther than that because these are just like, Sundays, but there's gifts that you're given that you know the Lord is calling you into that you, you have specifically, whether it's you're good with money or whatever it might be, that we want to like start getting, um, leading us into using our gifts that serve the church in a deep way. And so this is just like getting your feet wet with it. And that's why I'm up here wearing this fancy mic, because right now, this Sunday, there was a need in which Matt uh, is out of town and because we're doing our own unique sermon series, none of the other pastors were able to step in. And so Matt's called something out of me where he's like, I think um, he asked me to preach this morning. And this is a little bit of a new thing, but he's trusting me with it. He saw gifting and as humbly as I can say, accept it and to walk into it and see what he, the Lord might do through it. So be praying about it. Um, also, you don't need to pray too hard about it because he's calling you to use your gifts. So I can just tell you that. Um, all right, we'll get into it. <laughs> you should always pray, sorry. Um, great start, Andrew. Here we go. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all the announcements there. All right, so this Sunday, if you've been around for a little bit for the past three weeks, we've been going through the Song of Songs this summer, which is obviously everyone's favorite book of the Bible. Everyone knows it really well. You've meditated on it, right? Okay, just me. Uh, that is sarcasm. I speak in sarcasm a lot. But um, it's a book of poetry, like Psalms, which means, like most art, it's going to speak to us on a different level. And uh, unlike narrative or prose, it invites us into an experience uh, to really push pause on literal meanings and to meditate on the truths in it and to simmer on them to what the Lord might be trying to convey us through that. So in the last two weeks, we've talked about love and desire, as well as love and identity through the pages of Song of Solomon. 
And so what we're getting into this morning is seeing how these things, as well as all of life, love, identity, all of life, find their fullness when placed in submission to God. And so that's why we're calling this Sunday morning's message, Love and Submission, which I know is a super popular word. <laughs> uh, when I say a word like submission, I can almost feel the like, discomfort or the cringing in the room because each one of us is coming to the table with a different experience or a different weight attached to that word. And some of you all have a lot heavier weight than others with that. Uh, some of you might be thinking about how you were forced to submit to maybe an, uh, an abusive parent or harsh parent growing up. Some of you might have heard a teaching about wives submitting to their husbands and thought, you haven't met my husband or you haven't seen the way my dad treated my mom. Or we could look at the countless stories coming out the church right now about people who have been deeply hurt emotionally and spiritually when submitting to an unhealthy church leader. Uh, the negative examples could go on and on, but the point is clear. Submission is not a super popular word right now. But we also know that a reality in this world is that there's forces in it that we have to yield to, whether willingly or unwillingly. As a theologian, Bob Dylan, once wrote, you got to serve somebody. Um, I find it helpful to look at the dictionary here uh, for a, a definition of what submission is. It says submission is the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. I'll read that again. The action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. Uh, when I read that definition, it made me think about an experience last weekend where I spent an afternoon attempting to rein in the jungle that is my lawn. <laughs> um, for months, I kind of neglected it due to travel and honestly procrastination and, and dread. <laughs> but I spent the better part of the day uh, tearing up weeds, cleaning out debris, laying down mulch, and although it looks a lot better now, I left with souvenirs of an extremely aching body and an intense sunburn, as if nature was kind of like looking down its nose at me saying, just you remember who's in control here, right? And truly, I could have, I may have submitted, uh, subdued my lawn for a season, but I have to submit to the fact that the weeds are just going to come right back, and I'm going to be right back there come months from now. Or we can take the image of a farmer, Although he can prepare, plant, and tend his fields, he will always depend on the rain in the end. He has no control over it or when it will come, but he trusts and prepares as if it will come. He lives in submission to the rain. But it's not just sun or weeds or rain that we must submit to. Over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at how easily we can fall into submission to our desires allowing them to exercise control over us and dictate where we find joy. Or last week, Matt was preaching about submitting to false identities, believing that we lack value and beauty, leading us to lives of self-loathing and self-centeredness. So I'd like this morning to go to God's word, as we do every week, and see what he has to teach us about submission through his poetry in the Song of Songs. As we're caught up in the love story between this man and woman, what I think we'll find is that deep down in the core of our being, each one of us 
men and women, are designed and longing to submit to someone or something, desperately hoping it'll bring us the joy and purpose we crave out of life. Uh, so the question we ask ourselves morning, this morning is, who will I submit to? So I'm going to ask Haley. Haley, you here? Hey. Haley's going to come up and read our scripture passage for the morning. Um, and as she's coming up here, I'll lead us in prayer. Father, thank you for an opportunity to gather and to read your word together. Lord, please speak to us through it. Um, please graciously speak through me, a very fallible human, to convey truths that are in it. Soften our hearts where they need to be softened to be receptive to what you're teaching us. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is Song of Solomon 2, 3 through 17. As an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. With great delight, I sat in his shadow, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was, was love. Sustain me with raisins, refresh me with apples, for I am sick with love. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand embraces me. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. The voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. O oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, and the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. My beloved is mine and I am his. He grazes among the lilies. Until the day breeze and the shadows flee, turn, my beloved, be like a gazelle or a young stag on the cleft, on cleft Thanks be to God. Thanks, Haley. <laughs> All right, let's get into it here. Um, I heard somewhere at some point that people retain things in groups of threes, so I have three points <laughs> to make this morning as we seek to answer this question of who will I submit to in this life. Um, point number one, I will submit to someone who is safe. Um, in verse three, we see a woman who takes great delight in this man's shadow. Shade protects one from the heat of the sun, from burning, from exhaustion, from dehydration. Um, a few weeks ago, I got back from a trip to Israel, which of course was life-changing, and more so means that I won't be able to have a conversation with anyone without mentioning it for the next 10 years or so. But there were a lot of eye-opening moments uh, through that trip while exploring the land of Israel in connection with scripture, like all the imagery in Song of Songs, all the, the, the fruits, the trees, the landscapes, the wildlife, all of it is still there and very present. 
But it's also a very hot place, um, especially in the summer. And uh, you can think about California, where the, the sun is intensely, uh, intensely hot, but humidity is low. So shade truly is a refuge in this land, especially in drier areas where there's um, no trees. And your only hope is to cling to like some sort of building or cliffside to gain some sort of shade. Um, each time we got to like a, a site to explore in Israel, everyone's first thought as they looked out was, where's the shade? And I'm not kidding, that was literally everyone's first thought as you're gonna go out there. Um, I don't know, the image came to my mind as I was thinking about that. I don't know if anyone's ever played like lava tag <laughs> as a kid, but I think that's what we probably looked like some days going to these sites is that you would uh, start in the shade in one place and you would dart out to look at some rocks really quick until you start to like roast and then you would like dart into the shade again and hide and like you're kind of like zigzagging your way trying to get to each little uh, viewing point. Well, so shade is a refuge. It was definitely ours there. And here, the woman delights in the shade of her lover. Uh, like hiding us from the harsh sun, she finds safety and refuge in his shadow from the hardships of this world. We saw last week how she was a woman of the field, how she was tanned by the sun. But this man has become her oasis, the place where she can let her guard down, being refreshed as she enjoys the fruits of his presence. We read a few verses later of the woman being caught up in his embrace. It's this tightly yet soft grip that he has her in a, a protective position. She isn't held there by force, struggling to escape. No, she's, she's welcoming the embrace because she knows within it she's shielded from the troubles of this world. So my question is with that, who are you submitting to in order to find safety? Where do you run, hide under, or wrap yourself in to feel secure? Maybe it's money, giving your life to make just a little bit more and to hedge yourself from any possible financial need, protected from any sort of recession or, dare I say, pandemic. We can call it prudence, but we know how much it consumes our own thought life. Or maybe you're like me and it's approval that you're wrapping yourself in. That if people think well enough of you, that if we wrap ourselves in the compliments of others, that if no one ever thinks anything bad about me, I'll be safe from the death of disappointing others. So who are you submitting to in order to find safety in this life? Point number two, we will submit when we feel pursued. The man beckons the woman in verses 10 through 13 Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away, for behold, the winter's past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in the land. Fig tree ripens its figs, and the vines are in blossom, they give forth fragrance. The time is right, the harvest is full. He calls the woman to himself, proclaiming her beauty. She is utterly unique and special to him. He longs to see her face, to hear her voice, and to be near to her. And for the foxes to be removed from their garden as so there's no barrier, there's no obstacles in front of their love. She is utterly wanted and she finds it irresistible. My beloved is mine and I am his, she says in the end. She has given herself to him exclusively. We all want to be pursued, to be wooed, to be wanted, men and women. So the question is with that, who are you hoping will pursue you in this life? Um, the 
question is, are you a serial dater? Riding the high of one relationship once you've locked that person down and the excitement wanes off, you move on to the next one. Or maybe you do the same thing with your career. Uh, you move from one job to the next, hoping that this one will give you the recognition that you deserve. Obviously, dating and job searching are good things, but we need to search our hearts and ask ourselves and ask God what motivates us in these things. So who are you hoping will pursue you in life? Number three, we will submit to what we think will bring us life. Uh, from here, the woman is led by the man to his house for a feast. There's nothing forceful, again, about this. She has experienced the delight of being with him, being passionately pursued, and only wants more of it. And the kicker is, there is more. In his banquet, his banner flies over her. She is the guest of honor here. She is the reason for the feast. And with that, she exclaims, sustain me with raisins, refresh me with apples. She is hooked. And if she doesn't get more of him, all of him, she'll start fading away. So the question there is, who do you submit to thinking it will bring you life? What, if taken away, would cause you to start to fade away? Is it social media, endlessly scrolling through videos and pictures as we subliminally implant a picture of what we believe the good life is, only to look up and realize hours have passed? Is it the news, as we read countless articles and opinions searching for the perfect answer, the perfect rebuttal, the perfect explanation to understand how our world works? How about a packed schedule? Being productive feeds you so much life that you can't sit and be still on a day off because that would be a waste. So we submit to that which makes us feel safe, pursued, and what we think will give us life. So the question here, again, from the beginning, is who will you submit to? Do you know there is only one person who offers complete and utter safety in this life? In the shadow of whose wings we can take refuge? Who invites all you who labor and are heavy burdened to come and give them rest? Who beckons you to cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you? Would you submit to that person? Do you know there is someone who is actively pursuing, calling, enticing you to himself, who stands at the door and is knocking, waiting for you to open? His love doesn't grow cold. He doesn't commit to you and then grow bored and then move on, but he actually pursues you into eternity? Would you submit to that person? Do you know there is one who is inviting you to a feast where you are the guest of honor and the banner over you is love? who came that you might have life and have it abundantly, who offers living water that will cause you to never thirst and bread that you will never hunger again, in whose presence there are fullness of joy and at whose right hand are pleasures forevermore. Would you submit to that person? In each one of those, I want to clarify, I didn't make those up. And that wasn't me just saying those things because those are nice things to believe about our God. But those literally come from his word and those are promises taken from it. So would you submit to that person? Well, it turns out the only person worthy of our complete submission is the one who completely submitted himself to us. 
Those of you who walked in here with some baggage attached to the word submission did so because you either saw or you experienced the pain that resulted from submitting to someone who only sought to leverage the life of others for themselves. This is not so with Jesus. God incarnate came to earth and leveraged his life to the point of death for others. This is the gospel. The one we long to fill our souls emptied himself. A king who lays down his life for his servants. This is the one we were created to submit to. And when we yield to a person, force, or thing other than him, we find ourselves living subhuman lives. Whether it be the mighty forces of money, or sex, or approval, or self-righteousness, or power, or whatever else you want to submit to, we will always come up empty because we are submitting ourselves to forces that only come to steal and destroy and eat us from the inside out. But when we submit to the king, to King Jesus, and take his life as our own, we find the fullness of life that we were created for. So the question is, will you submit to this king? There's a reality that one day every knee will submit to this king, will bow before him. Revelation 22, verses 1 through 5 says this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also, on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will not need the lamp, uh, they will need no light of lamp nor sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and he will reign forever and ever. We will one day delight in the shade of this tree of life in the shade of the true bridegroom whose leaves bring healing and restoration and fullness of life, where he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. But it's important to remember that our king is gentle and lowly. You need to hear this, that submission is not slavery. He will not force his lordship over you, but rather he goes before you to prepare a room for you in his house and then invites you to come home. So with that, I'm going to ask Jess and the band to come up here and uh, lead us into a time of worship and, and prayer. And uh, they'll start playing and singing over you and on this first song, you're more than welcome to just find a posture, position that is helpful for you. Um, you can join singing with them or sit silently. But while they're doing that, I have some questions for you to bring to your Jesus. Where are you refusing to submit to Jesus in your life? Where are you holding him at arm's length saying, not this part of my life, this part is under my control? Where are you withholding your desires from him? Where have you been seeking identity outside of him? Ask him to reveal these things to you.
to bring them to mind. And if in this moment you're having a hard time thinking of what those things might be, a great place in all of prayer is to go wherever your mind starts to drift first and bring that to him. And maybe you've never submitted to Jesus in your life. Maybe this is your first time at Midtown in a church in years or ever. I invite you just to sit and listen and to bring the same things to him. Jesus is calling you. Talk to him. Let your guard down and hear what he's speaking to you this morning. Entering prayer is a vulnerable position. It's a position of submission, recognizing our complete dependence upon God. So I challenge you to enter the discomfort of these next few moments, to bow at his feet, to unclench your fists from what you've been holding on to, and open them at the feet of one who laid his life down for you, and then enter his rest.